Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. If you look around, it seems there are as many financial firms in the greater Sarasota area as there are convenience stores. So how do you separate yourself when you're young and smart and have a passion for helping people plan for a successful retirement? My guest today is Charles Bryant, founder of Lone Star Wealth Management. After a successful university career at nearby Eckerd College, Charles found he had a natural ability and interest in money management. Over the next 10 years, he worked for several of the largest financial firms around before setting out on his own. In today's episode, you will learn one thing most people don't know about Charles, where his interest in financial planning originally came from, the process he uses to create a clear financial picture for his clients, why he's so excited about working with the younger generation here in Sarasota, and much, much more. Thank you again. For tuning in today's episode, and remember, after you listen and after you learn, to connect. Charles Bryant, founder, Lone Star Wealth Management. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, Bob. Well, it's great to have you on this show. And I'm trying to think, you and I first met at a Liquid Ranch Business Alliance meeting with, I think, Chris Williams was giving a presentation out there. And that's where we met. And of course, one of the things I always try to do with this podcast is connect people. So Lakewood Ranch Business Alliance is another great place to connect as well. But it's it's a pleasure having you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate the time. Definitely. So so you're in the wealth management and primarily retirement wealth management uh, sector. We're going to get into that because I'm real curious about what all that entails And uh, all the services that you provide, but I always love starting off with the question, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? (laughs) I would say the the one thing that most people don't know about me is uh, my charitable aspects of what I do. Um, Nobody really pays attention to how much I've actually been in Sarasota, the community. Uh, And that's one thing that I'm probably most proud of, because when I moved here, nobody knew me. And one of the things that I used to say to heads of households was, well, if you trust me with your kids, you can trust me with your money. Um, (laughs) It was it was sort of a test to figure out, well, let's see exactly how much they really love their kids. You know, Uh, but, you know, I believe that 
it was one of those things where I was always taught about servant leadership and and how important that is not only in the community but building other communities and when i was in school uh i did a lot of uh charitable like mentoring coaching and things of that regard so it's always been a love of mine but uh, i'm associated with a uh well i have been associated with many uh charities here in the community that help you know outreach of coaching mentoring um, and raising money for scholarships. So that's something that I'm very, very passionate about. Well, that obviously that is, and that is essential, I think, in this community here, because you know, you, you're not a native Sarasotan, you've been here for a while, but I, I, one thing I've always loved about Sarasota, it's a great place to get connected and it's relatively easy to get connected if you just kind of put yourself out there. So that's wonderful to hear. So so <coughs> does this mean, so if, you, so if we're gonna trust you with our kids, are you gonna change the name of your company, Lone Star Wealth Management and Babysitting Services too? <laughs> well, you could say that for the first, the latter part of my first <laughs> part of my career, I definitely was a babysitter more than anything else. Uh, yeah, given that's the types of, uh, people that I would come across. Yeah. I mean, they weren't necessarily of the highest net worth. So, uh, it was a little bit of babysitting at times. All right. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm blessed to still have people who, uh, when I first even got in the business to this day are still with me. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that, that to me is really, really awesome to know that people have been with me north of a decade, even though I'm still a young guy. You are a young guy, so you got a great, bright future ahead of you. Well, let's let's get into let's kind of get into it here. Give us some broad strokes of your background because sure. you're originally from the D.C. area, and then you ended up in St. Pete, where you went to Eckerd College. So, kind of give us broad strokes of of how all that happened. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, my final year in the D.C. area, uh, obviously graduated, and I ended up doing a postgraduate year. Um, some people know about it, some people don't. Uh, if you're an athlete, you may know about this route. It's basically a fifth year of high school. Yep. And the reason why I did it was because I didn't like the schools that were recruiting me. I was a, uh, I was a basketball player and I really wanted to play at a higher level. And, uh, you know, so I went and I did a, a prep year up in Connecticut, a school called Loomis Chafee. And uh, that's where I really kind of matured and and grew up because being away from home for the first time it allowed me the uh the freedom to actually make my own decisions and figure out the type of person i really wanted to be Uh, so that's why i really developed how to you know time management skills i developed uh you know the ability to really uh kind of fend for myself you know what i mean without mom being there and being you know my everything um, I was able to kind of figure it out, figure things out on my own. And uh, that really helped me. Um, so long story short, uh, the coach that I had up in Connecticut sent some tape down to the coach that I had here in uh, St. Petersburg, which is Tom Ryan, who's the uh, athletic director of Eckerd College now. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, so, you know, coach liked my tape and, um, you know, I came down here for my visit and I always wanted to build my a life for myself in Florida because as a kid, I was able to go to AAU tournaments down here and Great. You know, we were always, it was always nice to go to the beach and things like that. So when I had the opportunity to go to Eckerd, uh, it was pretty easy because my first night they took me to Ybor City and then the second day we spent it at the beach and I'm like, wait a minute, I can play basketball here and get <laughs> educated here? I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, so I jumped all over that opportunity and, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history because now I've been in Florida pretty much ever since, uh, I basically never left. Uh, so 
the fact that I was able to build a life for myself down here, away from family, away from friends, um, you know, it was a testament to how hard my mom worked to, you know, instill certain values in me. Um, and uh, the other part about it was just, you know, kind of hard work and perseverance. That's that's very cool. That's very, it's, it's funny because uh, I grew up in the Midwest and I love basketball, boy, with a passion and whatnot. I thought I was pretty good, but we were in a small farming community and you played a small farming league. And boy, as soon as I went to college, boy, that was a whole different level. So I figured I better pick oh, up yeah. something else. So it's funny. The same thing happened to my daughter. We, we were at, we, she did AAU and actually we came, we were down here on a spring break and she went to AAU trip down at um, UCF, went okay. to a camp, went to a camp there and whatnot. But same deal, you know, she popped up, she's about five nine, and I'm like, Oh man, we got something good here. And oh, dad's she's tall. Dad dad's living his life through his daughter. We're like, you know, yeah. oh gosh, we're we're gonna be in the WNBA before long. And but man, oh, man. I'll tell you what, I, I, I remember very distinctively when she got into AAU, I'm watching some of the other girls run up and down the court, watching her run up and down the court, and I'm going, Man, now she's with athletes because these yeah. girls, they were really good. So that was oh, always the love of ours though. Well, so so where did you where did your so you're in uh, financial planning. Yeah. Where did the interest in that come from? Uh, my junior and senior year of college, uh, I did a uh, an internship with Merrill Lynch, and it was right downtown in St. Petersburg at that bank, big old Bank of America building. It's got the yep. clock tower on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a gentleman in there, his name's uh, Matt Kilbro, um, and he gave me my opportunity because. You know, he thought that he saw something in me that he thought would translate well in this business. And uh, turns out, long, long story short, he was right. Uh, so, you know, I believe that, you know, there's a certain skill set it takes to to manage people's funds. Um, and it takes a certain temperament uh, to be a good investor. Definitely. And that's that's definitely something that I, I kind of exuded at a young age to figure out how to make. Uh, decisions quickly on my feet and uh, you know it's just something that really really translated well over to this business uh, not to mention the fact that you really have to be a people person you know uh, you have to know uh, how to earn people's trust and you have to know how to uh, continue to hold on to that trust and that's a hard thing to do in today's age you know what I mean when you think about even the younger generations who don't really focus on uh, right. socializing and, and knowing how to create and maintain relationships. That was something that I was always uh, I could always do at a young age. And then as I got older, I just kind of honed in on that craft. Well, you're you're in the retirement arena specifically. Yeah. And and so <clears throat> tell us what that is. And I guess my question is, is when do people begin to you know plan for retirement? Uh, it's funny you mention that because I do have these conversations even with my my young godson who just graduated high school. You know what I mean? He's he and I have talked about, you know, um, things that he could invest in and things that he could do today. But the, the main thing is just starting early. You know what I mean? The earlier you start to save, the, the better you're going to be later on in life. And I don't care whether that's five bucks, 10 bucks or 20 bucks. You know, um, you know, unfortunately, I believe too many people fall in love with the opulence of wealth and as opposed to the process of getting it, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Cause there's a big difference. Um, people, some people think that just because they give their money to a financial advisor, that they're going to be a millionaire the next day. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't work like that. You know, you, you have to create a savings plan in order to get to the amounts of money that is going to be able to compound enough interest to get wealthy. Right. right. So, 
uh, it all starts somewhere and it starts with the ability to save. And, yep. you know, that's what I really try to hone in with people is, um, you know, working on those savings plans. And then yep. once we've actually developed a good savings plan, then we got to find a place to put it. Um, and that's where I really come in. You know, I, I really specialize in um, taking people from kind of the abstract and making them focus on an idea or a strategy right. rather than, you know, being all over the place and just throwing stuff at a wall. Right. You know, because I feel like that's a lot of investing nowadays is, well, I'll try this, I'll try that and just I'll Cryptocurrency, wow. Bitcoin. Well, I mean, that's a whole different, you know, <laughs> can of worms right there. But right, you know, right. at the end of the day, it's it's similar in some aspects to equity markets. Um, yeah. but it's it's very, very different in how people view those particular assets. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to tell somebody who's worked 30, 40 years out of their life at let's say they've worked for the state or something like that, digging trenches, right? It's hard for me to take that that individual's money and say, "Hey, you need to go all in on cryptocurrency." Well, no, no, no. that's that was you not what, what that was not what I meant. I wanted, you just kind of made the point that some sometimes people spitball their investments and whatnot, and you know, crypto is all the rage. It really shot up there. I mean, I've had you know, a good friend of mine, Charlie Shrim, was on. He mm -hmm. he's one of the original Pit, uh, Bitcoin guys. I mean, he was right. there from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But my my point is, got your point. You know, you take you have a structured and a disciplined process that you take folks through, and um, so I so I, I just meant I, I just didn't mean <laughs> get into, into crypto, uh, right. you know, as, as a retirement planning strategy. But uh, but but talk about but so then so you deal with you deal with individuals, you deal with families, and you also deal with businesses. Yes, Sh share with me a little bit what how does the if, if you have somebody who has i don't know an llc maybe they have 10 employees maybe they have 50 maybe it's just you know mom and dad want to how does that a little bit different than say working with just a a family that's our husband and wife that are retired okay uh great question so for so my, my small business owners i really have and especially if they bring me in to manage some form of a 401k asset yep, or yep. retirement plan asset it, I need to treat their employees just as well as I treat the owner of the business. Right. Now, a lot of the aspects on whether or not we need to even go into a 401k or whether or not it's a SEP IRA or some other form of a, or a retirement account all depends on the owner and how they've set up their business. You know, so I, I tend to I tend to cater my advice to who I'm dealing with at that time. So if if I'm dealing with an organization, that's going to be a different set of questions that I have to ask an individual family versus a just an affluent individual. Sure. So, um, you know, but again, getting back to the business owners, you know, I try to make sure I get to what keeps them up at night yeah. to make sure that they always have a stable amount of cash um, to make sure that we think about cash flows, especially because the lifeblood of any business is its cash flow. So. Uh, you know, making sure that they don't have any hiccups in those other areas of the business before we even get to investing in retirement. Right. So I, I try to be more of a strategist to my business owners than just the retirement planner, yep. uh, because I, I kind of have been trained to have both skill sets. Right. Um, now, it. it not every business owner needs some grand plan. Right. Some people just need something very basic and simple. 
And that's why you got to listen well. <laughs> and, you know, I believe that my ability to listen and compartmentalize information and then kind of give it back to you so that you can digest it is it's something that I've been good at. So cool. It's worked out pretty well, well, well for me. We'll talk about, I mean, on your website, um, which is uh, Lone Star Financial. Let's see, I, I have it blocked here. LoneStarWealth.net. On your website, you have three different packages that you offer. You have Essential, Advanced, Premier. Talk about when would you, you I, and I know that you're going to customize particularly what, what your client needs, yeah. but, but talk about the three different packages and, and how you apply them in a given situation. Okay. So in each, any one of those packages, obviously the, the more you get to the premier, then obviously you're going to get more services, right? But at the sure. basic level, I try to help you find your own free money. You know what I mean? So basically what that means is I'm going through your budget with you and I'm trying to figure out, okay, where can you cut, you know, this amount of spending so that it can go and pay yourself first, because sure. that's essentially what you really need to do is like, a lot of people, as soon as they get their paycheck, they want to go do something that isn't going to accrue interest, right? So yeah. I always try to get them to think about paying themselves first, right? Uh, I think that's a better way to look at it. Now, once we've done that, then it's a matter of figuring out, okay, well, since we can save this extra 500 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month, now, how are we going to allocate that towards either retirement asset or non-retirement asset? Yeah. Um, because in my current position, when I didn't, when I didn't have these assets um, that are non-traded, and, and essentially these are what you'd call private credit or private placements, private real estate investments. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the ability when I was at the bank or the wirehouse. I believe wirehouses now have the ability to sell them, but not as many as I have now being independent. Uh, and that was a big change for me. And that when I really started to go towards these financial based plans, because each one of those plans has a different cost to it, right? Because it's a different amount of time that's yeah, going yeah, to sure. really complete them. Now, uh, the reason why I go through those processes is to make sure that I hit on every, every single hot button that that person will probably experience during retirement. Um, so we're talking about healthcare. We're talking about long-term care. We're talking about uh, where you want to see yourself in your business in the next three to five years. And, you know, we really get in depth about the things that you want, and this is where you know the personal aspect of my my job really comes in because I'm more of an actual counselor than I am. Well, sure you manager. are. Sure you're. You're yeah. a cat and you're a catalyst for every for your client pulling everything together and, and getting it done. Correct. Correct. And, you know, you just want to be that that go to voice that when they have questions or concerns, you know, they call you, you know what I mean? So I have clients who have 24 seven access to me that call me literally past eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but I don't mind because I, I signed up for this. You know what yeah. I mean? I signed That's up right. to be your guy to, to take care of uh, these issues for you and be that that sense of reason when you need it. So, um, whether or not it's, you know, morning or afternoon at this point, I don't have a family. So like my, my business is my family, you know what I yeah, mean? So, good, and good. that's how I look at it. Build your house first and then make it right for yourself in the field, I guess is the old proverb as it goes. So good for yeah. you. Good for you because you don't have that, you don't have that to worry about. So you're able to really focus on, on your business. Well then, so, so right now we are in a high inflationary environment. 
Right. And there's a lot of volatility, a lot of volatility. There's, you know, political things that are going on. There's wars that are breaking out and whatnot. So what are some things that you're telling your clients right now? Or what are some, some things that you're sharing with your clients right now that uh, can help maybe alleviate their worries on their finances? First and foremost, turn off the TV. <laughs> uh, for sure. Definitely get out of the house, do something active as opposed to sitting in front of the TV and worrying about all this crap. Uh, because at the end of the day, you're going to be fed anything you want to hear from any media source you want. Right. And it's what I always try to tell people is, look, I, I'm the person who's got skin in the game with regards to how well you do. Right not these media sources. So if you have a question, call me. Don't don't listen to what you hear on TV. So that's first and foremost. Number two, um, you know, don't look at your statements right now. I mean, why would you? Everybody's down, right? Um, but even though the markets are down, that doesn't mean that you can't find ways to protect yourself. So again, being independent, I have access to what you would call principal protected notes or possibly um, uh, equities or tools that would give you access to the stock market with giving you some downside protection at the same yeah. time. Right. And, you know, that's those sorts of investments are doing very, very well right now. Um, they call them registered uh, indexed linked investments. Yeah. Um, and, and again what they'll do is they'll give you a performance cap so let's say for instance your performance cap is like 10 percent, right but it'll also give you a downside floor yep. to where you can only lose up to 10 or 20 percent of your your overall principal so you know for those people who are more risk averse but realize that you got to earn something more than what you're getting at the bank or just to to keep up with inflation at this point because we're at inflation levels that we haven't seen in over 40 years you know we have those tools available to us and you don't have to lock your money up for a long period of time. You know what I mean? So that's the, the beauty in, in being able to make those decisions on either a yearly or maybe a one year or a three year basis, uh, or even a five year basis. Um, you can do that here. So, you know, I just want to give people all the options they can possibly have in order to make a good financial decision. You know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with me being that 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 voice of reason to say, hey, um, you need to stop this before you make a mistake or, hey, I think we need to take a look at this idea because this is going to either save you taxes or it's going to generate more income for you. So. Right. Right. And, and obviously we live in an older demographic here. So right. I'm sure folks are really concerned about the retirement uh, going into this environment right now. And, and you, you provide that uh, that backstop, if you will, for them to not worry as much about their investments. So you, you touched a little bit upon like if fees and whatnot. Now on your website, you say, you know, my clients do well. I do well. My clients yeah. don't do so well. I don't do very well. So that's exactly right. Uh, so even in this environment right now. Yeah. So in this environment right now <clears throat> to where uh, markets are down 10, 20 percent. Well, so is my fee. So are my fees. You know, my fees are based off of how well those accounts do. Right. So if the accounts aren't doing so well, well, guess who isn't? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that also gives me I mean, the wherewithal to make sure that I try my best to keep it up. You know what I mean? Because if my fees are tied to how well your account does, well, who do you think really wants your account value to go up? Um, with regards to my plans, I, I really plan for five major 
risks or topics, right? That's risk management, which would be insurance needs. How much are you actually protected uh, in case a major event happens, whether that be for disability reasons or uh, possible death in the family. Then you got asset management, right? Which entails, you know, basically the moving of funds, the moving of different equities, bond strategies, there's that. Right. And then you have estate planning to where you have, you know, people who want to make sure that they're, you know, they can avoid estate taxes or death taxes. Um, now, there's been a lot of, um, you could say, talk about what death taxes actually are. And I think there's a little bit of a misconception with regards to what the death tax is. Uh, and that really a lot of people don't fall within, you know, the assets to actually have an estate, you know, death tax, right? You have to have, I believe it's something like 26 or $27 million in okay. order to fit that bracket. So I think a, a lot of people were kind of scared into, because there was a lot of people that I met to early in my career, I met early on in my career who used to complain about, oh, I don't want to get hit by the death tax, the death tax. Sure. I said, well, sir, ma'am, you don't qualify. I'm sorry. Right, right. Um, and then I also help with tax strategies. And the reason why I do that is I cannot personally give tax advice. Yeah. I know enough to be dangerous. I know enough to give my clients a broad stroke. But you work with, then, then you work with accountants and you have a couple other folks you'll pull in if they want trust or generation skipping trust or they need That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. It's because most people already have an accountant by the time I meet them. So what I'll do is just partner with their accountant or their estate planning lawyer, whoever they may have in their life, who they already have a trusting relationship with. I'm just another key in that cog. That's it. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Now, as far as business planning, we kind of talked about that earlier, how I'm somewhat of a strategist with my business owners to help them any way I can, whether it comes to lending needs or whether it comes to just advice on what to do with certain employees or, uh, you know, or it could be anything, how to expand, how to get smaller, it, you name it, I can help with that. Um, so, you know, some of the things I like to discuss in those initial meetings, I'll say has to do with the client's goals, you know, what they've done in the past versus what they sure. want to do in the future. Um, and then from there, it's just about listening to them and understanding um, that we have similar values, you know? So um, I think one, one thing that's very, very important to me is to find people who have uh, philanthropic needs. You know what I mean? Like I told you before, I love to to give back to the community. And, you know, one of the things that I've been very, very passionate about is obviously doing more work in the community. So people who have a passion to give back to others is somebody uh, that I would definitely want to have within my practice for sure. Well, we'll talk about that. Some of your other interests outside of your business and, and because you've been involved with some mentoring programs. Talk about yeah. that if you would. Yeah, so I started out at the the YMCA down in uh, Potter Park, the Potter Park YMCA. I believe it's called the Evan, the Evelyn Sadlier Branch, Sadlier Branch. I always forget yep. how to say that. Yep. Uh, but it's uh, southern part of Sarasota, and I used to live down in Osprey, so I used to go to that that branch a lot and just you know, hang out there, shoot hoops. And then little kids would just come up to me all the time and just ask me questions. And next thing you know, it's like that's my little gym buddy now, you know? Ah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, so it started there. Um, and from there I went to the boys and girls club and they had a sports buddies program to where they would give you tickets to sporting events and, you know, you take your, your little, your little mentee or whatever. 
And um, several of those kids, uh, you know, I still talk to today. You know, we, we still have great relationships. And actually, you know, what's the thing that I'm probably most proud of is some of the kids that I've coached in AAU are now clients of mine. Like that's to me, it's like for them to to listen to me enough to when they came across the the days when they needed to figure out what to do with a 401k right. or how much to contribute to an IRA. I was the first call. Oh, that's and, very cool. You know, that just that made me that warmed my heart more than anything, you know, just to know that I've always told them, I just want you guys to be taxpayers, you know, more than anything else, like just be a taxpayer. And, um, so, you know, some of them really listened and some of them are doing really, really well right now. So, uh, you know, I'm very, very proud from that standpoint. The fact that some of the seeds that I used to sow like 10 years ago, like are now starting to become clients. Of my, and, and not to say that I didn't want that. I didn't expect sure. it, but sure. um, I, I'm definitely proud in that fact to know that, you know, some of those kids, you know, are definitely on the right track, on the right path to oh, that's you know, great. hopefully having great retirement. Someday. That's great. Because one of, the, yeah. one of the great things that I think a tremendous, tremendous injustice, I think that we've done with our youth is they do not have some type of a financial they don't, they're just not financial uh, savvy. They're not financially yeah. educated. And as we all know, those years roll by very, very quickly. And so it's wonderful to hear you doing that type of mentoring. I will, I will say, we're, we're, as we're going to be winding up here in a few minutes, something that has been burning, uh, an answer I've been wanting to get is digital assets. And I don't mean necessarily cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. but it seems what's coming on, you have the non- non-fungible tokens, the, the NFTs. But then also people have more and more folks as they work from home or they do gig work and whatnot, they may have a digital course that they're selling online or they have, you know, certainly their Facebook, their Instagram accounts. And, you know, maybe they have a list of people that represent, yeah. you know, real financial interest on their part. What, what are some of the things that you all are dealing with or some of the discussions that you're having on how to how to plan around that? Yeah, uh, these conversations are definitely being had. That's for sure. Uh, Number two, I would say that, you know, we finally have the ability uh, from an independent standpoint to offer these sorts of assets to people. So if people want to get into the crypto space, I can do that. It's not necessarily something I would recommend and I could never, you know, obviously I've talked about compliance before. Um, I, I can't get into any specific. Yeah, names. of course. But uh, the one thing I can tell you is uh, crypto, the sector itself does have some staying power um, yeah. the, with regards to the coins. That's going to be basically a coin flip. You know, what yeah. I mean? that's going to be whatever somebody deems it you know, worthy of on a, any given day. So that's going to change over time. And as we start to have governments start to get into the crypto space, um, right. it's going to make it that much harder to figure out what you want to own. So my own personal belief is just wait. Yeah. Right? If you weren't in on the ground floor, you're not going to be some crypto billionaire tomorrow. Yeah. Right? So <clears throat> I would just wait, see how it plays out, because no matter what, we've already seen what goes up comes down. Right. So if we already realize that that arbitrage is going to be there in the future, well, then we can be patient. Right. I'd rather keep you into assets that I know are going to be here five, year, five, <laughs> ten years from now, rather than something I just have no idea about. You know, some I mean? of those so, good old blue chips that have been around for 50, 100 years. Uh, right. Yeah. Hard to argue. Hard. Yeah. To yeah. Argue, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and here's the other thing. Is it these assets are supposed to replace the greenback, right? The greenback yeah. has been the most dominant 
investment well, it's <laughs> since world, the beginning of time. It's, it's a world's reserve. reserve currency, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, so yeah. you know, for, for us to all of a sudden just unseat that yeah. in a matter of a, a five or a 10 year span, I think some people really need to rethink that. Yeah. Um, but again, what you hear on TV and your media sources is all going to depend on what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, which is why I say, you know, listen to people who have skin in the game rather than somebody who's just trying to yeah. get you to buy something. You know? Well, I have, of course, I have an interest in all this as well. And I've listened to some of the, you know, the folks who have been around for 50 years and they say right now there is no replacement for the dollar. So unless right. the U.S. government comes out with a digital coin or something like that, then. But I don't know. I mean, there's so much going on right now. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to do exactly what you told me. I'm going to turn the TV off. So <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, listen, so, so it's, it's interesting because on your website, you talk about, you know, where, where do you want to be five to 10 years from now? So let me ask you that question. Where do you want to take uh, Lone Star Financial over the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I, I, I've been a staunch uh, believer in this that someday I'll have my own family office like some of cool. these other big name uh, people do. And a family uh, office is for people that have what a million minimum of 25 maybe 50 million dollars really. That that's up there in the billions. So Okay, all know, right. Yeah, uh, I you know, I feel like I have Actually 200 the, I think it starts at 250. 250 million. I've had conversations with those yeah. I'm not uh, by the way dear listener, I'm not in that class. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, let's just say that I I've been approached by individuals in that space already. Yeah. So I I'm pretty familiar with the things that I would need to have in order to do it. Sure. Uh, and the, the, like the skill set, again, is basically boils down to people got to trust you. Right? Yeah. Because nobody's going to be thinking about putting that sort of money in front of your face if they can't trust you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I've, I guess the reputation that I've built thus far um, has, you know, kind of presented those opportunities to me. But my thing is this, in the African-American community, like there's not a lot of ownership on our part in, in this space. And I right. want to change that. And right. if I wanted to, I could probably go work in that space right now. I just right. choose not to because I want to own it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's something that's very, very important to me. I want to know that other young men that look like me and other young women that look like me have an opportunity in this business. That's and great. I, I want to be able to be that kind of light that they can look at and say, hey, look, he did it. You know, why can't I? Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. That's very, very important to me. Yep. Well, so if people want to find out more about what you do and how they do it, they can go to LoneStarWealth.net. What, and what's your phone number? 941-366-0013 uh, is the office number. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, Charles Bryant, founder of Lone Star Wealth Management, thank you for being on the Sarasota Stories podcast. And every, every listener out there, thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time, Bob. You betcha. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. <music>